This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Okay, if you've listened to more than one episode of HTYC, you've probably heard a few themes pop up over and over again and again. Themes like, hey, I really struggled to be able to recognize what could be potential for me in my next step of my career. Or themes like, you know what? It was so much more challenging than I thought it would be making a big career transition where on the other side, I get paid well and I love what I do. You know, you've heard themes like that. But one thing we haven't talked about that also shows up is the fact that there's always trickles. There's always tiny clues over and over again, long before people get into their first job, sometimes long before college, sometimes even childhood. When you go way back, there's evidence that we don't realize until much, much later about what we know we should be spending our time doing. And that fascinates me. One of the exercises I like to think about is like, okay, Cast your mind back to like maybe from the ages of between seven and 10, right? What was your play at that point? Because I feel like it's really informative because seven, you know, our personalities are, are, are fairly formed or, you know, from a developmental standpoint. But, yeah. you know, before 10, you know, the hellscape that is adolescence, right, <laughs> sets in and you start to maybe you know, take cues from what you should be doing outside of yourself versus being as authentic. That's Liz McLean. She's fantastic. She's actually on Team Happen to Your Career. She works as one of our career coaches to help people all over the world be able to get to career happiness. But today, she comes on and shares her story. I want you to pay attention because she does a really phenomenal job describing those clues that, in retrospect, were already there the entire time. And now that she's had many years of experience, she can pay attention to them in new and different ways than what she ever could before as she continues to create a really wonderful career for herself. But also now she gets to help other people do the exact same thing. So I think about like, okay, what was I doing during that time? I actually, and I did a little video on this once, I wanted to make a library out of my house. Really? I wanted to- Yeah, I did. I want to have a neighborhood library. And so some people would be like, oh, yeah, you should grow up and be a librarian. I was like, well, no, you got to dig at the why beneath it. Like, I really loved read. I still, you know, to this day, love reading and ideas. I mean, my strengths finders, like ideations, my number one and connecting with people through ideas and content. Right. So it wasn't so much about like, oh, I want to have access to books or whatever. Now my collection wasn't very diverse. (laughs) (laughs) What was in your collection at the time? I mean, I'm like, oh, Judy Bloom, I got, I'm all, we're all set. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, so I don't know that it would be pleasing across. Yeah. But but in terms of like, you know, the traditional, like I majored in college, I was an econ major. 
And I, I always look at, love looking at the whys behind those decisions, right? So it wasn't that I was, you know, when I, when I went into it, I wasn't super into econ, even though it was really prevalent in my family, yeah. right? It's kind yeah. of a family major, we joke, you know, my brother, my dad, my grandpa. I looked at it and I was like, ah, I, I can't. I really love English, but then I'm not going to be able to get a job, right? I love uh, criminal justice, but, uh, you know, again, how am I going to get a job? I was always, again, the econ, my mind was always keyed in on the market. Like, what is going to make me marketable? What is going to open doors versus closed doors? So I, I chose it for that. I, I loved I love what it did for my mind because it trained me to look at the world differently and decisions and, and trade-offs in the face of scarcity and how people behave and make decisions given that, you know, we have finite resources, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then what it also did was, again, it kind of, it, it helped reinforce this idea of like, ooh, I got to look at the market. Like, what does the market want? What does the market need? And so when I went into my early career and some of my decisions, I didn't balance it out enough with who I was, right? But I was, you know, young and dumb and just, you know, getting into it, didn't know. So I started my job. I, I took a job and I don't know if we've talked about this. I found a job posting and they had posted the salary. They posted yeah. the, the compensation. I was like, I have no idea what these people do, <laughs> but I'm going to go for this, which is terrible to admit, right? And um, I literally had to, it was a sales job for really highly technical company. Like I had to study for the interview <laughs> to, to understand what they did and um, got the job, was really fortunate. I didn't know whether or not I wanted to go into sales, but I, I think I knew enough to say, well, I've never done it. So I have to give it a try. I can't, there's sometimes, you know, at that age, there's a negative connotation when it comes to when you think of sales. So I was like, all right, I'll go into it. And um, was really, really fortunate to work with great people and have great mentors and just highly professional. So the amazing opportunities. It was, you know, a really large global company. Now Oracle owns them. And I was given a lot of responsibility at a young age. <laughs> like There was this, you know, new hire college program that was you know, hiring kids in kids to do jobs that were traditionally, you know, 40 plus year olds, you know, men that have been, you know, and it was a predominantly at that time, a male industry. Yeah. And it was the skills that I learned were just incredible and the opportunities and the training. It was really good. I did well, like looking at now my success was because I really just love sitting down with people one-on-one -on -one and learning about their problems and what they wanted to accomplish. Interesting. But it sounds like there's a but there or a yes. the other side. Tell me about oh, the other side. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for yeah, it. Right? The other side, I just think I was a bit restless. And yeah. it, was, it was funny because I was going through one of your exercises and, and I think it's key in terms of connecting with I think we're all here to be in service of each other. That's like a big part of my, you know, philosophy, right? Yeah. And what that looks like for each person differs. So I wasn't close enough to the helping part of it. Like I wasn't connected enough to it. Like I would sell some really elaborate architecture into a university and it would help them to map a genome or do, you know, brain research or, you know, but it, I was too far removed in a way. And I, again, as I went on in my career, you know, fast forward, I started to realize like, I truly need that 
one-on-one deeper work connection and see how I'm helping individuals and how that's playing out on that micro level. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Did you recognize or begin to recognize that at the time or did it just oh God, feel no. like, hey, I know something's missing here and yeah. like clearly this is, you know, this is yeah. not the thing. So yeah. move on to the next it sounds like that was much later. Yeah. I mean, I, I had inklings. This is yeah. the thing I kind of knew. I would try to talk myself into it. It was like, I knew I really, I knew, but I tried to unknow <laughs> that I really liked <laughs> helping people. Yes. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I am helping people because the technology that I present helps them to enable this and this and this. And it's like, okay, but I don't, I'm not connected to it. But I was like, oh, we'll just set that over here. Well, like, <laughs> I can't solve for that right now. Press on. You know what I mean? You just put that on the shelf over here. Right. You know, not the shelf with the Judy Bloom books, but the other (laughs) shelf. Right, right, right. And then we'll ignore that for a little while and come back to it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So now many years later, you and I both know that that connection to it, that you must directly see and connect how you're helping. And that makes an incredible difference in terms of quality of life, quality of work and everything in between. So what, what else transpired then to cause you to learn that along the way? Yeah, I'm going to jump around here a couple other it. other instances. So I have worked as a yoga instructor. Like I have my teacher and I teach, you know, that was something that I did when I was not in my career career and I was home with my kids, which I loved, but it came up there. I was like, oh, it's me teaching a sequence to a big group of people in front of a studio. But if I were in a workshop or if I were doing a private, you know, class, it was great because I could just... I wanted to highly tailor it. But if you're teaching to a group of people, well, you teach to the middle. You can't go around each, I mean, you a little bit, but it wasn't enough for me. And I was like, no, I, I need that connection. I need to understand. It's like, okay, what is it for you that's challenging in your body? You know, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? What are you trying to get out of this? What injuries? I mean, of course I knew, like I always asked about injuries. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Safety first. But that was another clue to me. It was like, oh yeah, I know this. So Mm. I sought out opportunities to really teach one-on-one and really enjoyed that. That was really rewarding to me. So I could give that really highly personalized service. It also makes me really curious as you're progressing through your career, because you started out in econ major, which I, I love. I, yeah. I wasn't an econ major, but seriously considered yeah. it for a while as I was changing majors 19 times <laughs> along the way and took quite a few econ classes, which I also loved. Yeah. That said, it sounded like you feel like in some ways you had to go into it and then eventually found the sales type role, mm-hmm. realized that still wasn't connecting directly with how you wanted to see and help. Didn't know that at the time, right. but you're getting these tidbits right. and you're picking that up. So what, what happened next on your way to yeah. where you're at now? Yeah. I won't get into the bits and bites. I had various roles within technology sales and continued on. And then, but I will say, you know, and then I will draw the line in the sand of like career before kids and career after kids. Um, yeah. Quite, quite a mark. But I want to say that there was a period where to go with that, like showing up to the market theme. Like I said, yeah, I did well because of the the one-on-one interactions. I had some instances where I could, to fast forward to the career coach, where I was able to coach people on interviewing 
and resumes mm-hmm. as far as for, for client projects, right? So I was in selling services and so I had to put contractors in front of them. And so I really enjoyed that work and helping people improve and, and show up and advocate for themselves more, uh, you know, effectively. What, what did you enjoy about that? I enjoyed getting people to really connect with, ironically, because I wasn't always doing it with myself, connecting yeah. with the, the foundations of what made them great and channeling that energy into great stories and being able to you know sell themselves and advocate for themselves in a very natural way. It's just the improvement, right? You know, from good to great. I had a friend of mine say to me one time, you know, you don't like just taking people from bad to good. You like taking them from good to great. And I was like, yeah, I just, I do. And that was where that energy, it's like that, that clue, these clues of like, where do you get your energy from? So that aspect of that role, I could see it there, but I wasn't ready to, you know, I knew about career coaching or I knew about career counseling or I knew, you know, but (laughs) you get these, you know, limiting beliefs, (laughs) That's what we all have. And I grew up, I guess, in this environment or this idea that it was like, oh, helping professions are nice, but do they really, can you really get paid doing them? <laughs> can you earn it? Can you make enough? And so I was like, oh, helping professions, like I can help people, but will I be able to build the life I want to live helping people and purely helping professions, right? Yeah. So that was a limiting belief I later on in life was like, gosh, is that even true? <laughs> Like, let me look at this. So that's so interesting. Let's talk about that for just a minute, if you don't mind, because no, please. I find that that is a very, very pervasive myth. And I have several running theories on why this is, but I'm really yeah. curious about your opinion as you've kind of moved through this reconciling with yourself. What have you found along the way yeah. that you maybe thought was true? but panned out on the other side and not be true in the way that you thought it was. Right. Well, I just looked around in the market and I mean, again, the market, <laughs> I yeah. looked around. You and I was always like, go back. We always end up back at the market. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will, I will get to the turning point in my career where I was like, okay, I'm going to be foundationally looking at myself. Like I, and that's, you know, spoiler alert, that's next. But where I really, you know, did the inner work and said, yeah. You know, then so, okay, where do I match? Let me, let me take a more balanced approach to this. But in terms of that, you know, I saw people doing work that I thought were really valuable and very beneficial and very helpful and they're making a living. Like, <laughs> yes, like that, I don't think that's true. I'm suspecting that's not true. So I started to look for examples of it. You know, I think, you know, we have our confirmation biases, yes. right? We, as children, we get these messages, and it's the children are great observers, but horrible interpreters. So, I mean, I took that and I was like, okay, I can't just help people because I won't, <laughs> I won't eat or so, something ridiculous. I'm sure it was not like my brain turned it and made it something, right? Yeah. Um, I like indoor plumbing. So, therefore, I can't go and do <laughs> you know, right, help jobs. Right. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, it's so ridiculous now when I, as I say it. So, I looked, I was like, huh, is that even true? And then the other part, this is gets to the foundational work and the, and the shift that I have as far as is finding work is like I philosophically think that we really, you know, we have to begin with foundationally who we are and our strengths and our unique experiences and the market needs to, us to show up with those <laughs> and say, you know, the, this, this big elusive market, but the world, I mean, I won't, I'm going to get super woo woo here. Here's my yoga coming out. 
it actually that's why we're here like we're put here you you know with our unique strengths and experiences and people need us to show up authentically with all of those things and do that work and that's you know how you create the most value and really you know how you get paid or you know making enough it's it's a measure of how much value you're creating and i could see people that were really creating you know a lot of value to others helping and i was like oh well i could do that <laughs> so that's does that answer the question yeah it does and it's really interesting cuz i think it goes hand in hand with what you said earlier about finding that in the world and i can't yes. remember exactly how you put it however what I do know to be true is that even if you know how you add value to the world, and even if you know the ways that you would like to help, if you're not actively pursuing that, like nobody's going to actively pursue that for you. So right? if you are assuming or yeah. you know, getting confirmation in a very biased way, confirmation bias, it, right. and you're reaffirming your belief over and over again that, hey, I just can't find this in the world, then you're basically Ooh. reassuring that it's never going to happen or there's never right. even a chance of it happening for, because right. of those two reasons, like that reaffirmed belief. And then also on the other side, you're not doing it for yourself. You're not actively looking. Yeah. So the only way to move forward is to assume that there could be the possibility of right. that, which is what I right. see that you did for yourself, which is pretty awesome because that's yeah. hard. Yeah, it is. And I realized I was like, oh, I need to. And it's, you know, I got all these learnings and other teachings and, you know, yeah. again, things along the way that we pick up where it's like, what? <laughs> you know, maybe this is, oh, I got to go over here. And, you know, it just somehow all adds up to to the change, right? The yeah. change in behavior. But I looked at that and, and I love Icarus Deception by uh, mm -hmm. Seth Godin. And yes. I think I was listening to that one day and he's like, no, I was thinking about like, oh yeah, I really want to show up and provide value in this way. And, you know, Seth Godin was like, no one's going to come discover you. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. And so I was like, oh, I have to go find it. And I have to go, I actually have to show up with this now, which is a little bit, it was a big shift and it was you know, off brand, I guess, if you will, you know, and that was, that was really scary. I was talking, Philip and I had a conversation about that actually. Yeah. So, yeah. For uh, back context, Philip on our team, our uh, director of client success and coach on our team. And, you know, what's really interesting about what you're saying too, about showing up in that way, here's, this is a subtlety that I, I know that you will appreciate but so many people seem to miss it is that if you're showing up in a different way, you know what I'm going to say. If you're showing up in a different way, then if you're in, say, I don't know, a job interview or right. building a relationship with someone that later then leads to an opportunity, if you're showing up in a different way than what you are or what you want to be, yeah. then you get literally hired or you get an opportunity for something that you don't want to be or are not. And <laughs> right. that is such a weird thing that I don't, think, yeah. I don't think anybody usually looks at it from that way though. We're usually focused on, Hey, how do I get to the thing? How do I get the job opportunity? Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to, I need to mm -hmm. be or act like this instead of focusing, yes. where do I want to go? And yeah. you know, does that align with how I'm behaving and showing up in the world, which is uncomfortable, as you said. Right. And it's interesting because it's like, oh, you know, well, and then they're like, oh, but, you know, I showed up and I said this and I got this opportunity over here, but I don't really want it. It's like, well, yeah. 
you essentially said, showed up and said, this is what I want. And people believed like, this is who I am, or this is what I want. And I, cause I mean, guilty. Right. And people believed me. It's like, well, why wouldn't they? <laughs> right. So how I got over that hurdle, Scott, is that I started becoming more tapping into my curiosity and becoming mm. a whole lot more engaged with the subject matter and the content and the work itself. And I really, I mean, I can't stress this enough with clients, right? And we've talked about this curiosity piece before. I oh, think. yes. But it's, you know, I did it to get out of my own way. It was like, what do I care about? What kinds of problems do I want to solve? What types of, you know, and, and so I'll, I'll talk with clients and say, okay, you know, when they really are just lost, it's like, what is it that, you know, has you wanting to jump off the like bench, like put me in coach, like that, that's a clue. So what are the problems that you want to solve? And where are there people that are solving those problems? Who are the people that are solving those types of problems? Well, then, you know, have conversations with them about the work itself, which I won't get on this soapbox, but it seems like we, I am, I'm on the soapbox. It's um, too late. You're <laughs> already there. <laughs> right. I'll try to make it short, but there just doesn't seem to be enough space and time anymore for people to have conversations where, you know, you're like, I don't know, like leaning back and kind of pondering the work itself. I, particularly networking conversations. And I think it's because, you know, I have thoughts because we're all so busy. I had a conversation with someone recently. I was really interested in this program that this company was, you know, offering them and taking to the market. And I, you know, set up the call with her and we got on the phone and she was like, oh, do you, uh, do you need a job? Or do you, like, she was trying to figure it out. I was like, no, I really just want to learn about this program. And it took a few times and it was like, I'm here to learn. I'm curious. And of course I was grateful for her time. But it took a minute for her to be like, oh, like you just want to talk about the thing. I was like, yeah, I want to talk about the thing because this problem that you're working on interests me. How are you guys working to solve it? What are you running up against? And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> kind of broke her brain. <laughs> I can do that bit. now that I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, we, we teach people all the time to put things in context so yeah. that people can shovel it into whatever little box for how they're thinking about it because right. that's much of how our brains work not little True. boxes but right. but being able to categorize something within the context in which we already know so that I can then understand how to behave in that area and without going too you know too much into the psychology of that I mm -hmm. think that as soon as you could get her into the here's yeah. here's the box in the way that I'm right. thinking about this, then you can start to actually have that type of conversation. So that's yeah, super useful. So let me ask you a different question then, yeah. because so many people that are listening to this right now have been through some of the events in which you have already described where, mm. you know, they started their career in one area that they thought was going to be the thing for one reason or another, right. began to realize it wasn't the thing, learned a lot about themselves along the way. Mm. And now, more recently, are realizing that they really want to dive down into it and, and yeah. do the work to understand how they can show up and how they can add value to the real world in yeah. a way that is useful for them and other, other people. So you know, what advice would you give to those people who are <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of years back from where yeah. 
where we're talking about right now and yeah. are thinking and realizing, hey, I'd love to be able to help people in a different way. What advice? Yeah. Would you give? Yeah. I mean, the advice I give is really, you know, begin with yourself, right? And do the work and, and take the, that can be an, an anxiety inducing moment for people. Yeah. You know, so maybe take some deep breaths, go to yoga, <laughs> but, and, and know that it's okay. And it's a common story, right? And it's, yes. I think there is something developmentally. It's, I don't know, do you know David Brooks? He was a journalist and he wrote a book called Second Mountain. And I think there's something developmentally where in our beginning stages of our life or first half of our life, it's, he'll say that it's all about, it's the first mountain, right? It's all about acquiring and it's about achieving and getting accomplishments and that hustle. And I, I think that's a lot of the energy. So I do think we reach a point in our lives and it's, it's a natural turning point where we're like, oh, okay, is this all there? You know, and then you shift into deeper work and a whole lot more meaning and wanting to, like you said, show up in a different way and add value. And I think it's, I get concerned or I don't want people to think that, you know, that that's a failure, that's a mistake. It seems really natural, first of all, and a gift. You know, I think it's, you know, going and doing that deeper work to say, okay, how. And you don't have to, I think a lot of people have this, I'm, I'm sure you, you would agree, Scott, you know, this misconception that like, oh, I, I've got to overhaul everything, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and that's just not the case. It's just, um, it's just not the case. And so it's, you know, feeling, you know, like, okay, it's, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. This is the path. It's not like, you know, everything's blown up and it's a gift and it's an invitation to do a lot more deeper work, you know, reflective work, introspective work, and then be able to, was it the Pablo Picasso quote that it's that the meaning of life is to, you know, find your gift and the purpose is to give it away. Well, it's like, okay, you're at that that point and to give it away, you have to really get a much deeper understanding. And by doing that work, you never lose. It's only a gain by doing that type of work. You're going to show up, you know, way better in your relationships and your work. I mean, every aspect of your life, right? To do that and to be okay with the discomfort in the short term and know that you have to, you're not going to have it all figured out, like, you know, just to go step by step and, and you're not meant to know all of the, the, the journey. Well, here's how I interpreted what you're saying. This thing, this journey that feels like it is abnormal where you're you're going through, you've yeah, used the example of you know the first mountain where people are going through their and in this case you know they're building their career, they're doing all the things that they want to right. do, they're checking off goals, all of these things, yes. and then you know we get to the top and realize that wow, this isn't where I want to continue to spend my time. And right. to your point, that is not only actually okay, even though it doesn't feel for so many like it's okay, yeah. it is the journey. That is yeah. normal. That is what many, many people experience in different yeah. ways for sure. And it shows up right. in different ways, but that's what so many of us experience. And that is normal. And nobody talks about it as normal, unfortunately. So I appreciate you trying to normalize it. Right. It seems like normal development to me. Yeah. based on what I've been through and what I've experienced. And I think that I did used to have that anxiety and get into, you know, the hamster ruminating. And, and a lot of times, and I'll meet clients here where, at that point where they're like, 
okay, I just, I got to go to the job boards. I got to get like, you know, and it's like, okay, let's, let's take a pause and it, it's okay. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. And if we get that, get into that anxious energy and drive from that place of fear, you know, at this transition of like, okay, this isn't it, but what's it, what is it? It can prolong the process and you can get, you can go out and get a job. You can go get on the job boards and find a job posting and, and put yourself in a role. No problem. But maybe just let's take a pause and maybe this is an opportunity to, to, to do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Is just going and getting as fast as possible to the next thing really what you want. And if not, let's figure out what it is that you actually want. And that's very much what I hear you saying. And I resonate so much with that. Like, If we're going to do all this work to get to whatever the (laughs) next thing is, let's at least make it the right next thing for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One client just recently was like, oh, like it was amazing how much he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, (laughs) I was like, you got to go get a job anyway here's an idea. Like maybe we can see if we can get better in alignment. It's like, oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm curious. I feel like so much of my life over the last 20 (laughs) plus years has been with a certain type of mantra in mind. And I'm curious what you experienced too, but I've really kind of come to the realization maybe, I don't know, 25-ish years ago, maybe longer, where it's like, wow, everything in life is hard. Like every, everything, like everything is hard. So if it's going to be hard, I might as well do the thing that I want to do or feel like I want to do in one way or another. I might as well go after what I really want if it's going to be hard either way. Yeah. Like, what, what is your thoughts? I mean, I guess, I suppose, like, is life just like nasty, brutish, rich, short? Is that the thing? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's it's what kind of hard you want to sign up yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, if, if I just go sell myself into, you know, a role that isn't fully authentically me, which I can't do anymore, right? And when I'm my younger self, I could. Like, I almost think of it as like action figure business Liz. <laughs> like, here she comes. Yep. Like, <laughs> And I, I leave I these that. parts of me at home, right? And now I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore. I don't compartmentalize the same way. But yeah, that's a different kind of hard. And I don't want to sign up for that hard anymore. And I don't have to. So I'm like, oh, I don't have to do that? Oh, I should probably... I also feel like, Scott, I, I know what you're saying, but I reached a point in my life and my career where it's like, I know what I know with respect to that, like that I was doing that. And I can't... It's almost like the, I can't do that again. Like there are certain truths that I have in my life now that I'm like, oh, I can't unknow that. When I was younger, I could set it aside. But now I'm like, I can't, I can't unknow that. And so I have to find a new way. Like that was how I got into career coaching, right? So I was like, okay, I have to find a new way because the bridge is washed out. Like I can't, that path doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Sorry, it's no longer. Like it's going to be a while before they build a new bridge. (laughs) Right, right. So like might as well forge a new trail and figure it out. Like I find that that, that's the hard I want to do now. And I think in the past, I was more okay doing, you know, the compartmentalizing because it seemed like the safe play or it seemed like a greater return on my investment. But then as you know, and listeners know, like going into a job where you're not fully, you don't quite fit and you're not showing up entirely authentically is exhausting. It's just exhausting. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go do a job that actually sustains me and feeds me. And yeah, 
win-win, all the things. So I love that. I love that for so many different reasons. And I think what stands out to me most is that doing life, doing work in a way where you are not showing up as yourself is just a it's a different kind of exhausting and not a good exhausting is right. what I would say. Not yeah. everyone experiences it differently in the how, mm. but I would say on the whole, the majority of people, once they, you know, once they take that, here's a matrix reference. If you've seen the matrix, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> sure. the, the blue pill, or is it the red mm-hmm. pill? I can't remember. Like know, once you take that, once you take that, <laughs> I mix up the pills. Once you take yeah. the pill, like either way, it doesn't <laughs> matter which pill it is. Like you can't, right. you can't unknow that as you say. Right. Yes. I'm like, the, oh, it's not steak. What? Like it's yes. mush? <laughs> Shoot. I can't. I, yeah. And that was an, another thing developmentally where I reached yeah. my point in my life where I was like, oh, I cannot know these things. I think that when I was younger, like I said, when I started my career, I had hints along the way, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to put that over there. I can't, I can't put it over there anymore. Mm. Now that you're, I'll say, in the place where you can't unknow so many of these things, right. why do you spend your time coaching others? Why do you spend your time helping others work through these types of career challenges to put it mildly, yeah. mildly at best? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So I'm going to get woo-woo again. <laughs> Perfect. Back to my, I think everybody's got their own unique strengths and experiences and the world needs to show up with those things because I, I think that it just works best when we all show up uniquely to, to service others, right? So if we're all trying to fit into certain molds, like they're jobs that aren't getting done and, you know, you're not being satisfied. But the other thing I'd say is, you know, I mean, it's so simple as to say life is, life is short, right? It doesn't have to be this hard or it doesn't have to be that type of hard, different hard, right? Different hard. And it's like, I, I believe we're here to, to serve purposes that are, that we're designed for. Like if we were, I don't know, crude way to put it, but like to say a machine, it's like, okay, well, you need to find your place where you can deliver the most value. And clearly this isn't it. The world needs you to show up and do your work that's unique to you. So that's part of why I do it. And then also I just like to, I don't know if you read this in my ICP, but this idea of like, okay, if I'm going to try to leave the world a better place than I found it or be of service, I think there's so much to people doing meaningful, fulfilling work that is goes far beyond work and that really impacts their relationships and the way they show up and interact with others. And I think that's a way that I can hopefully create a positive ripple effect from an econ standpoint. We need people to show up and, and work in their strengths. And that I want happy people or I want fulfilled people or people who have lives of meaning, right? And I want that for myself. I want that for my children. I want that for others. So that's why, that's why I do this work. And I'd rather, and I get high off of other people's successes. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. We had a conversation coming into this, <laughs> this conversation where you had just come off a few of those calls where you, you and yeah. absolutely, like I will attest to it, like you were in, you're in an amazing mood and right. it was clearly having an impact on you as much as you were getting to have an impact on, on other people to cause that ripple effect. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing and yeah. thank you very, very much. Yes. Thank you, Scott. It was fun. Hey, many of the stories that you've heard on the podcast are from 
listeners that have decided that they wanted to take action and taken the first step of having a conversation with our team to try and figure out how we can help. And if you want to if you want to implement what you have heard and you want to completely change your life and your career, then let's figure out how we can help. So here's what I would suggest. Just open your phone right now and open your email app and I'm going to give you my personal email address. Scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. And then when you do that, I'll introduce you to the right person on our team and you can have a conversation with us. We'll try and understand your goals and what you want to accomplish in your career, no matter where you're at. And we can figure out the very best way that we can help you and your situation. So open it up right now. And send me an email with conversation in the subject line. Scott at happenedyourcareer.com. So it's a totally different way of living, I would say, is getting clear on what you actually want and getting outside all the norms and socially accepted expectations and everything else and saying, look, if I were to spend my time in a particular way, here's what I want for myself. Here's what, here's the things that I want to actually do. Here's the things that I actually enjoy. Here's the way that I want to be able to add value to the world. And when you do that, you're very often going to come up with a gap. You're going to come up with a gap between where you are and what that looks like. All that and plenty more next week, right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out. 